The FF Live Podcast, presented by Fantasy Football Live. Welcome to episode number seven of the FF Live Podcast, presented by Fantasy Football Live. Today is Monday, August 13th. I'm Ben Schrager, and as always, I'm here with Jeff Lorenz. Jeff, full slate of preseason games in the books. I'm pumped about it. How about you? You know, we had our first full slate of games. We're starting to get a lot of clarity within training camp. You know, we've been analyzing all this. Now I'm really excited to get a lot more of this clarity. Let's get right to it. Yeah, so today we're going to have a good one. We're going to start with a preseason recap. A lot of injuries, unfortunately. A lot of rookie debuts that actually impressed us. We're going to have our training camp news segment, Kick It or Stick It, and we'll finish off with a mailbag. We're going to talk sleeper tight ends, Packers weapons, have a little Tariq Cohen versus Gio Bernard debate. I'm ready to go. So to start off with a preseason recap, there are some tough injuries in the couple games. The first, promising Redskins rookie running back Darius Geis tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Very unfortunate, Jeff. What do you think of the Redskins situation now? You know, I called Darius guys this year's Dalvin Cook, and I didn't mean it in the way that they were <laughs> both going to get ACL injuries. Really unfortunate here, but now we got to take a look at what's left in the Redskins' backfield. First and foremost, Chris Thompson is probably going to have a similar role, but he's going to definitely have expanded touches in general. As far as the first and second down role, Rob Kelly's going to have the first shot and maybe Samaj P. Ryan as well, but Kelly's the guy you're going to want to add here. Yeah, you saw Rob Kelly. He actually got the start in the preseason game, and then Geis got some reps after him. So Kelly's definitely the guy, but Kelly hasn't been impressive when he's had the opportunities. Last year, they had a similar running back core, and he didn't do much. P. Ryan, he didn't do much either, but Thompson's the guy. And right. You like him in standard and PPR? Especially in PPR. He's a receptions machine. And if you really want to pick up like a lottery ticket, you could look at maybe DeMarco Murray or Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson. Maybe the Redskins will go out and grab a veteran here. We don't know at this point, but if you want a lottery ticket, that's the way to go. Yeah, those kind of guys might be something the Redskins should look into because they've seen what P. Ryan could do with a full load last year. They gave Kelly a full load last year for a couple games. Neither of them impressed. You know, if you bring in a veteran, he only has to have first and second down carries. Thompson's going to be the third down back. So I think that would be a a pretty good idea. And you could take him as a late round flyer. Just have him on your radar. Be ready for that news. Second injury, Marlon Mack, running back from the Indianapolis Colts, who is already nursing a labrum, a shoulder injury, has a hamstring injury that they think will be out for two to six weeks. Jeff, are you still drafting Mack as a top 30 running back? Honestly, no, not anymore. He was in a competition battle to begin with, and now he's just falling behind. Especially now, he's going to miss the rest of training camp, all of the preseason, and it could leak into the regular season. Hines and Wilkins are there. I'm not sold on Mack at all. Yeah, I wasn't really bought into Mack in the first place. Mack attack. He has the promising name, but didn't do much last year in limited carries. And he's going to be limited this year, whether he's healthy or not. And we, we talked about Hines and Wilkins, the two rookies on a couple other podcasts. But I think Robert Turbin will have a big role. We saw Christine Michael get carries before the rookies in the last game. And we know he's had a big hype train going for him for years. And I just think there's too many backs in that backfield. And, you know, they'll be good. But Frank Reich likes to rotate his back. So Mac undraftable at this point I think right this is a really cloudy situation and I really don't want any part of it Mac battled through an injury last year he's injured again is he turning into the next really injury prone 
RB. He could be, and even if he's healthy, like we've said, he's not going to turn in top 30 numbers. So really stay away from Marlon Mack at this point and consider these rookies, and maybe in the next preseason game we'll get to see more of Wilkins and Hines. And just to round out the injuries, Matt Brieda and George Kittle of the Niners both suffered what seemed to be serious injuries, and we luckily heard the next day that they were just separated shoulders. They'll be back week one. Not concerned about that. And Isaiah Crowell with a head injury. Have you heard anything about that, Jeff? I saw Crowell's catch that he scored the touchdown on, and I could tell instantly that he got absolutely lit up at the goal line. I'm actually really concerned about this. He'll be back week one, and you know it's just something to monitor. But Crowell's price is already so low, he's not even being drafted in the top 30 running backs. And I still like him as a late-round guy. You need a flex option. You need an RB2 if you load it up on wide receivers. Crowell's still a guy. Definitely. A ton of rookies also made their debuts this week in the preseason. I was impressed by a ton of guys. Jeff, who were you most impressed with? Oh, it's got to be the Penn State guy. I'm going with Saquon Barkley. First carry in New York, he rips off a 40-yard run. And it wasn't just like the hole was made for him. He made at least four defenders miss. I'm so excited about Barkley. And heading into the season, he's going to be a huge part of that offense, running the ball and in the passing game. And he's going to have to do that all year because that offensive line is pretty terrible. But he, he showed he can do it. And I thought that was really cool. In terms of quarterbacks, you know, Baker made his debut, Josh Allen. Who, who were you most impressed with? Baker was really impressive, but I was most impressed with Sam Darnold for the Jets. He really just shredded the defense and looked like a really experienced guy for one of the youngest quarterback in that class. He's not my favorite prospect. He looked pretty bad at USC last year, but I think he might actually start week one for the Jets. Yeah, but in terms of fantasy, I'm still going to stay away from him. But hey, maybe you want to stash like a rookie quarterback. You never really know. Yeah, the, the, the upside's definitely limited, but if he can be good, a Robbie Anderson could be good, a Quincy Inunua could be good in PPR leagues. That's, that's always good to see. And we don't love rookie wide receivers in general, but I was impressed with Michael Gallup. Gallup had a big touchdown from Dak. That rapport is definitely growing early, and they looked really comfortable together. And honestly, this if Dak can get a reliable target, he might start creeping into fantasy relevance again. Right, so, and who else is catching passes in Dallas? Exactly. And maybe Tavon Austin, is, he's another sleeper of mine. You know, he's listed as a running back. So you can get some value there, but he's mostly going to be lining up at, at wide receiver. So he could be a big play weapon as well. He could, and maybe the Dallas offense figures it out and Zeke opens up a ton of space down the field. Who, who knows? And DJ Moore, a guy who's really been hyped up this year, might be the top fantasy-relevant wide receiver. In terms of rookies, he had 75 yards, and he's not being drafted until the 11th round. Do you like him at that price? Yeah, for a guy who's being drafted as the 48th wide receiver overall, I love him at that price. Newton, he's going to support most likely two fantasy-relevant wideouts. Funches, obviously the number one. Olsen's always injured now, so I like more here. And even Funches isn't that great. He's nothing special. He played tight end in college. He wasn't too impressive in the couple years he's had so far. I think DJ Moore could be an explosive option that could actually be a fantasy-relevant rookie. He's a possession guy, and someone who's going to rack up a lot of receptions, so especially in PPR, he's a guy you want to own. Kick it or stick it. For our next segment, everyone's favorite, training camp, kick it or stick it. The first headline is that Des Bryant is visiting the Browns after much debate on his own Twitter of whether he's going to go to the Browns or not. He says he's visiting the Browns. Jeff, do you kick it or stick it? Oh, I'm going to stick this. I think he is visiting the Browns, but I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant whatsoever. 
He admitted on his own Twitter that he's not 100%. The fact of the matter is he hasn't had a thousand yards since 2014. He's not fantasy relevant. He's a number two receiver on an NFL team at best. And he's in a really crowded receiver group. Landry, Gordon, Duke Johnson. Now Njoku looks like a popular option. Yeah, He is not going to be a priority in that offense. Yeah, I think the fact that Coleman got traded and Callaway is having the marijuana problem and Gordon's not reporting will lead to Dez actually probably signing there. But in terms of fantasy relevance, come on. He hasn't topped 100 yards since November of 2016. It's been 23 games. That's right. The guy was terrible last year, a ton of drops, the second most in the NFL, and he hasn't been top 20 since that 2014 season. Right. He's only to. averaged 600-plus yards per season over the last three years. He's washed up. It's over for Des Bryant. And if Baker needs a target in the red zone, he has plenty of other guys. Landry's a great red zone option, and Joku is coming on the scene. Gordon can do his thing if he's back. He can do. Des Bryant, come on. Next headline, Jarek McKinnon will not be used as a three-down bell cow back. Are you kicking or sticking? I'm sticking this. We knew ahead of time that McKinnon would not be used as a bell cow. This does not come as a surprise to us. Everyone's buying into McKinnon because he'll be in the Devontae Freeman role. That's not a bell cow role, but it's a heavily used role, and that's something that's built into his price point. He's going as the 14th running back, but he's being hyped up this offseason because he's a physical freak, freak talent. And he's going to be really good in an explosive, hopefully explosive offense. But I don't care that he's not going to be used as a bell cow. I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm going to kick this. I mean, we agree that he's going to have a big role, but I think he is going to be the three down back. In Shanahan's offense last year, Carlos Hyde was a bell cow. He was. They're similar backs. The question for me is, can McKinnon handle the full load? He's never had more than 159 rushes in a season. This is a boomer bust pick. You're spending a second round pick on it. I don't personally think it's worth it, especially when there's this kind of uncertainty with such a high draft pick of yours. I'd rather have a guy who's proven it like Jordan Howard at this point. So overall, I'm kicking this. I think he's the bell cow, but I don't want him in the second round. That's fair. And I agree he's not going to be able to handle a full load because there's a reason the Vikings would use Matt Asiata and McKinnon in a committee when Adrian Peterson went down a couple years ago. Matt Asiata was terrible. He averaged 2.2 yards a carry at, at one point, but he was still being used for any first down short yardage stuff. And that, that says something about McKinnon. He's a physical freak. He's a great athlete. Last year, Latavius Murray carried the load in short yardage stuff for the Vikings. I don't think McKinnon's ready for a bell cow role. So as a fantasy owner, I would almost hope that he's not going to have a bell cow role. Right. We see Brietta is down with the injury, so he might be forced into that bell cow role. But we'll have to see how that progresses. And even if he's in the bell cow role, I think that's not right for him. And I think his value won't be top 10. And with the second round pick, you want to get a guy who could be a top 10 running back, like a Dalvin Cook or even a Jordan Howard. But McKinnon, I just think his ceiling's capped. The next headline is Dolphins wide receiver Albert Wilson will be used as a Swiss Army knife. You know, taking snaps in the backfield, in the slot, out wide, in the red zone. What do you think? I am kicking this. I don't think Albert Wilson is going to be fantasy relevant whatsoever. He's the fourth wide out on the depth chart behind Stills, Parker, and Amendola. You know who else was said to be a Swiss Army knife? Tavon Austin. Not fantasy relevant whatsoever. And then you have Wilson, who's never had more than 500 yards in a season. I don't even think he's worth the bench spot. (laughs) Wilson's best fantasy finish was wide receiver 65. If you have two good games in fantasy with 15-plus points... You're already in the top 60 for the whole year. Burt Wilson, I'm sorry, like the guy might have 10 touches in one game and people will think that's really cool and he's 
pretty fast. But there's no way he's going to be fantasy relevant. Let's play blind resumes here. If I tell you there's a guy who is catching the ball from Ryan Tannehill and he's the number four receiver on a team, should he be on your roster as a fantasy owner? I have absolutely not. Come on. And maybe if they didn't have a running back who could receive at all, I would be like, oh, maybe he's the third down running back guy, like a Ty Montgomery type role. But they don't. Frank Gore will get early touches along with Kenyon Drake. And then Kenyon Drake showed last year he can catch. And he's an explosive guy. And I think Burt Wilson should not be touched in fantasy. And this is definitely a smokescreen. All right, on to the next headline. Devontae Booker has been listed as the starting running back for the Denver Broncos over Royce Freeman. Are you kicking or sticking this one? I'm sticking this, absolutely. We've been harping on this since day one. We know Devontae Booker is a huge sleeper. And Royce Freeman is being completely overdrafted. This is a, a committee. It's been a committee ever since the guy's been drafted. There's been nothing showing us that he's going to get the full load. And Royce Freeman should not be drafted as the 26th running back. They should really both be drafted at a similar position. No reason for Freeman to be drafted in the early fifth round. Now, Booker, on the other hand, listed as the starter, he's turning out to be a bargain for people at the end of the 11th. I'm not sold on Freeman. At the end of the day, Freeman maybe has more upside, but not worth his price in the fifth round. Not at all. Booker has been a career committee guy, so we don't think... By any means, this means Booker will get the full load. But Booker has been a value to the Broncos organization as a guy who's getting 11 touches a game in his career. And Booker being drafted in the 11th round should be someone everyone should be targeting for you know your fourth running back on your roster, just a guy you could start here and there based on mashups. But if you're still drafting Royce Freeman in the fifth round, you should check yourself because that's not right. I'm with you on this. I'm sticking this as well. Booker will be the starting running back for the Broncos week one. You can book that. Our final headline, Ronald Jones, Mr. Opportunity of the Buccaneers, has been listed at number three on the depth chart. Are you kicking or sticking? I'm kicking this one. I think he's a classic rookie running back. This is a smoke screen. They're just easing him into it. What are you going to start, Peyton Barber, especially with a backup quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ronald Jones is going to be the starting running back week one, and I'm, I'm kicking this. I don't believe it. See, I'm going to disagree with you here. I, I love Mr. Opportunity, as we call him, and I think he needs the opportunity. And right now, he's just not doing well enough in pass protection on passing downs when they need him most. And I think Peyton Barber will actually get a ton of touches to start the year. I think Ronald Jones, by week three or four, will be the starting running back. But you got to think about this when valuing Mr. Opportunity because Barber got 13 of 14 snaps with the first-team offense. He scored a touchdown. They send Mr. Opportunity out there for one snap with the first-team offense on third down, and he drops a pass. And that's just not something the coach wants to see when he gives you the opportunity. Mr. Opportunity, take advantage of your opportunities. Come on. When Ronald Jones was out there, though, for an extended period of time, he did score a touchdown and looked like a pretty solid pick. At this point, Ronald Jones struggling in pass protection, that's really concerning. But I could definitely see him out there for first and second down, and maybe they go for, like, Jaquiz Rogers on third. I can see there were Sims or something, but I think at this point, Barber is too established as an early down guy who's going to get 3.5 yards a carry, but the Bucks are fine with that instead of throwing Ronald Jones out there when he's not ready. Now, I think Jones will be ready after a couple weeks in the regular season. you got to remember that Ronald Jones is a rookie who – needs to get it all together before they throw him into the fire. This uncertainty makes Jones, say, top 30 on my boards. Yes, around 30. But over time, I think he's got a lot more upside than Barber or the other options in that backfield. I agree. Fantasy mailbag. We're now on to the mailbag segment. The first question came from Twitter. You can tweet at us, at FFootballLive. We'll answer all your questions either on air or on Twitter. First one's from Raul Barrera. 
I've noticed a steep drop in tight end value. Who are some deep sleepers that you guys like? So first off, I think this is a really good question. I think you're really smart to look for a deep sleeper at tight end as opposed to a mid-ranked guy like Kyle Rudolph or Delaney Walker. And here's why. This is an interesting stat. There was a difference of 2.3 fantasy points per game that separated the fourth-ranked tight end, which was Evan Engram last year, from the 15th-ranked tight end, which was Jared Cook. So clearly, that's really not that much. And considering the value of the fourth-ranked tight end and the draft position that you have to spend on them, it's just not worth it compared to, say, your 12th, 13th, 14th-ranked tight ends. So with that being said, the guys that I'm really looking at here are guys like Tyler Eifert, Charles Clay, George Kittle. Anyone in that range, I think, is a great option. Maybe even Cameron Brake. Yeah, I think the key with the tight ends is you got to find a guy who's going to sneak into the top 15, whether he's preseason ranked 12 or preseason ranked 18. And my strategy with that is get two guys that you like. And guys that I like, Kittle, like you mentioned, and Joku from the Browns, who shined in his preseason debut with two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. So, I mean, the key with that is you're not going to have to spend a lot of capital on them. And when people go for that tight end run that Jeff talked about earlier in a different podcast – don't fall for that run. Don't go spend a six-round pick on Delaney Walker when he's going to average two more points a week than George Kittle, who's going five, six rounds later than him. Look, I don't want to overreact, but I watched that Browns-Giants game, and, and David Njoku looked like a top-ten tight end easily. And we know Tyrod likes his tight ends. Our next question comes from Chris Boland. I've already drafted. I have a choice of Cohen or Geo at RB2. Who do you like? Well, Chris... Props on already drafting because we love the early drafts and that gives you a lot of time in the offseason to make moves. But for this, I think you got to treat it on a week-to-week basis. They're very similar situations. Their lead backs have high expectations, you know, being drafted in the top 15, but haven't really been special in the past. But overall, I like Cohen better. I think Mixon, of the two starting running backs, has the better chance of being a three-down back. You know, has good hands. He made a good play in the preseason game, big he, touchdown. He was on the field for every single play with the first team offense. Right, and Gio, we've seen what he can do, and I think Gio would be an amazing RB2 if something happened to Mixon, if he got hurt. But I think Cohen week-to-week week will probably be better. Do you, you agree? I think Cohen has the biggest upside of the two. He's now in the Matt Nagy offense, and he's made Tyreek Hill comparisons, which he's lining up at every position on the field. That's just exciting as a fantasy owner, and... When they say that, yes, it could be a smokescreen, but at the same time, there's a lot of potential there. And at his current rank, I mean, you take a shot on that. I'll definitely take Cohen here, but the thing with Cohen is that I think he'll be on the field so much more than Gio. And if you're debating two pass-catching running backs, you want the guy who's on the field more because we know they both have hands, they both have speed, they're both going to be playing in third downs. And I guess another factor you could look into is which team's going to be down more for the you know, game script to analyze. Who do you think's the worst team? Honestly, it's hard to say. They're both pretty poor offenses, poor teams. But I think the Bears are going to be the more improved team this year. So I think the Bengals will be down more often. But at, at this point, it's hard to say and hard to make a case for either one. Yeah, both defenses aren't great. I'll, I'll take Cohen here, though. I'm with you there, Cohen. Our next question comes from Palm. In Green Bay, someone has to catch Rodgers' passes outside of Devontae Adams. Who do you guys like? I think this one's easy, and the answer is Randall Cobb. I keep saying this, the last time he was the number two receiver in Green Bay, look at what he did. 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. He was a top five fantasy wide receiver. 
Yes, it was four years ago. It's been a while. Come on. But look, the guy's only 26. He's entering his prime. I have no concerns. This upside is huge. How old is he really, though, with all these injuries that piled up? True, but he's still averaged probably over 14 games a season. I don't think he's really a guy that should be looked at as injury prone. I think he's a lock for 120, 125 targets, and he could easily hit 90 receptions again. I think that's really high, and I think... They didn't have Ty Montgomery at that time, and I think Ty Montgomery is going to cut into some of those Randall Cobb. Think about how many times Randall Cobb lined up in the backfield and caught short passes from Rodgers and ran with the ball, and that's great in PPR, and that has a positive fantasy impact, but I think Ty Montgomery is going to have that. Now, I'm not saying I don't like Cobb, but I don't think Cobb should be drafted in the top 30 of wide receivers. Okay. I just like his upside, and... Anytime you can get that kind of upside with Rodgers throwing you the football. He's the other guy. I mean, we said Adams is the number one guy. We like Adams as the number one. But if I'm going for a second guy, Cobb's my guy. Okay, so I I disagree. Cobb's fine. But I think Jimmy Graham will benefit most from this. He's going in the fifth round, which for me is a little high for a tight end. But at the same time, he has upside to be that number one overall tight end. And Rodgers, despite what people think, actually loves using his tight ends. He just hasn't had great ones in the past. I mean... In 2016, the last time Rodgers played a complete year, the tight ends got 98 targets. It was Richard Rodgers, who is currently the third string on the Eagles fighting for a roster spot, and Jared Cook. And back in 2015, Rodgers had 85 targets, turned it into eight touchdowns. And Jimmy Graham has been top five in five of the last six seasons. See, I think Graham is going to be the kind of guy where he's either going to be a top two tight end or he's going to be an absolute bust. You say Rodgers has never had really tight end talent, but that's not really true. You look at last season, he did have Martellus Bennett. and Is he a talent? Is ben- I, I mean, Bennett's- I don't know, but Come on. With, regardless, I'm going to disagree. I don't necessarily think Rodgers loves his tight ends, but I do like the upside with Graham. And considering he's a guy who could end up being a top two elite tight end once again with an elite quarterback returning to form... I like it. I like the pick. And I think the key here is that Jordy Nelson was a touchdown machine. He had three seasons of over 13 touchdowns. And I don't think Randall Cobb is being that red zone weapon. And I don't see another red zone weapon on that team. Geronimo Allison, I don't think so. I think Graham, he's going to be touchdown dependent, but there's going to be weeks where he gets you 20 points from two touchdowns. I mean, he had 10 touchdowns last year. I don't see why he can't do it again. Our final question of today's show comes from Young Beasy. If Cortland Sutton ends up being a regular part of the Broncos' offense, which wide receiver would it affect more? Let me just preface this by saying Cortland Sutton was the rookie wide receiver that the Broncos took with one of their first draft picks in the 2018 draft. And so I think this is a good question because it's insightful because no one's seeing Cortland Sutton as a fantasy option, but he definitely has potential to be on the field a lot. And I think this would largely affect Demarius Thomas most because Thomas has lived off of being a target-reliant option. There hasn't really been a third receiver in Denver since, remember, Eddie Royal in 2011? Right. So I think Demarius Thomas would be affected most by this. Do I think Sutton will have a big role early on? No, but between Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, I think DT will be affected most. I agree. DT will be affected most if Sutton were to get this enlarged playing time. He has the build of DT. He's six foot four, 216 pounds. DT is six foot three, 230. So... They definitely play the same game style. Now, if we want to play this game, though, we could say the same thing about Deshaun Hamilton, the rookie out of Penn State, and Emmanuel Sanders. They, too, have very similar games. So at this point, I don't think 
either one of them, Sutton or Hamilton, will affect the value or production of Thomas or Sanders. But if this were to happen, that's how it would work. Yeah, I think Demarius Thomas owners are hoping that this 30-year-old guy can have a ton of targets again this year, You know, reach 1,000 yards, maybe score five, six times, and get that top 20 value. But I think if a guy like Sutton emerges, I think Thomas almost isn't valuable at all and won't be able to start in fantasy. Yeah, I don't see that happening this year, though. That's it for today's show. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FFootballLive. Check out the website, FFootballLive.com. We have a ton of new articles coming out. We're going to release some tiers, some mock drafts, everything you need before your fantasy draft or you know trade advice if you've already drafted. And obviously, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It'll give you a notification anytime our podcast comes out. We had a great week for mailbag questions. Let's get them going for the next week. We're here to answer all your questions. We'll see you next Monday. Have a good one, guys.